This episode of the Cutting Edge Podcast is brought to you by GlassGadget.com. Showcase Innovations creates tools that help shower door installers be more efficient and save time. Check out GlassGadget.com for more information. Hey, this is Chris Phillips, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. You may want to join the Shower Door Professionals group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Shower Door Pros, and you'll find us. I look forward to seeing you. All right, everybody. We are here live. Kind of, kind of live. It's the end of the day, so it's like, you know, we're as live as as we're going to be, but I hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great week so far. We're halfway there, halfway to something, not sure what, but uh, yeah, you know, when you're in business for yourself, it's like the weekends, they, they lose a little bit of their glimmer, you know, but I still kind of, you know, like to pretend, you know, that Friday is like, you know, the beginning of the weekend. You know, just for old time's sake. So anyway, I hope you all are doing well. And uh, come on in. Join us in the Zoom call. It's easy. Just click on the link. Boom. You're in here. Hanging out with the cool kids. That's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, before we, we got started, we were just kind of chatting a little bit about hinges, you know, shower door stuff. Because that's, you know. That's what we do. We talk about shower doors and stuff. Um, I had a question about pivots and installing those. Um, had uh, we we're just talking a little bit about slippage on the old, you know, glass to wall, glass to glass type hinges. Um, so that's what we were talking about before you got here. So you guys want to talk about now? I don't care. I'm just here. I'm just here to start. I'm just here to open the door, you know. Turn the lights on. Crickets. You know, see, it's like these guys are like they're all chatty and stuff until the um the camera goes on. And then, you know, once the red light comes on, everybody like freezes up. So I I wasn't here last week, but the week before, I think it was. When Jane from Diamond Seal uh, was on, was that last week? That was just last week, yeah. Okay, okay. Then, yeah, I, I, I uh, was uh, at a haircut appointment, so I couldn't make it. But uh, I did haircut for my son. It was um, picture day last or this week. I had to go sit down. And nice. At a barber, and I hate it. But anyways, um, has anybody uh, bought the Diamond Seal yet and tried it out? Or has anybody moved that? Absolutely. I, I I mean, I use that stuff for, for years and years. That's always been like with Showcase Shower Door, that was always our go-to thing. Um, when I was applying mm-hmm. it myself, now when I would order it already applied, a lot of times it would be like uh, Diamond Fusion or even um, what's that other stuff? Uh, Endura Shield. Yeah, Enduro Shield, whatever you know that the manufacturer was was putting on it, because um, it's just I got to a point where I when I was working alone that 
it just took too much time. You know, it took too, too much of my time to put it on myself. So it was, didn't, you know, don't make much money when you have somebody else do it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I love it. I was it. just going to ask you that if, if you, I'm, if you were doing it yourself or, uh, you've got somebody with you now though, right? You know, I did until this afternoon. Oh, yeah. No. I had to like, I had to have that talk. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. It just wasn't, it just wasn't like, not, not everybody's cut out for this business. You know what I mean? I know, you, know you do. It's like, I think he's more of like an office kind of guy. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, there's something wrong with that when you need him in the shop. Yeah. And then, and then there's, yeah. it's just like, Got them yeah. soft hands, huh? <laughs> soft hands. <laughs> he want to get his hands dirty, huh? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'm looking. Put the word out. So, Beautiful Santa so Cruz. <laughs> so, I've been using Diamond Sales since, since March. It's a great product. Uh, my uh, helper that, that's with me, he, he applies it all, all my... Uh, on, uh, he applies everything on, on the glass. Uh, How long does it take? <sighs> For uh, like like five minutes per panel, not that long. It's pretty quick. You do both Once sides. Once you clean it, you got it, huh? Both sides. I only do one side. I only I only do the inside. So we don't do both sides. That's great but, uh, if you pick the right side. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's pretty good. I mean, he's pretty. My guy is really. Uh, I'm very tough on my guys. I mean, I'm, I grew up in the era where the old timer guys, man, they were, they would chew my butt out, man, if I did something. Now these days, you can't say nothing to anybody. They'll get their feelings hurt and they'll need a little safe space or some some crap like that. I don't know. Anyways, it's in California, my, my friend. <laughs> hey, I got, I got, I got my ear pulled. I got my hair pulled. Hey, man, what are you doing? <laughs> Slap back in the head. Now, man, you can't, you can't touch nobody. And so uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rough a little bit. I'm, I don't do that to him, but um, yeah, he does it. He does it pretty well. He, he doesn't mess up. And if he does, I have a little uh, kit in my truck. If we need to touch it up, I'll, we can touch it up on the job site. So it's, How do you know it's a you great need to product. Touch it up? Huh? How do you know you need to touch it up? You can feel it. I mean, it's really slippery, man. It's like really slicky. The, Diamond seal, it's really uh, you can tell a difference when you rub on both sides. It's it's you, you can tell, and uh, yeah, like when you're cleaning then, the glass, you mean? No, just yeah, when, when you're cleaning the glass. Just when you well, no, I know, but you're not you're not going to yeah. know you missed a spot, I guess, until you're cleaning it, I guess, because you're not going to rub uh, your hands all over the thing, right? No, I mean we we I do have stickers all that they sent me to put the. the to put it on the glass on the opposite side of the coating, so there's there's no way for it to mess up. I mean, we're, we have a pretty good system, and then I have cut sheets from uh, that I get from Charles online, and uh, I'll give them to him, and so he knows how the glass plays out. So uh, mistakes are minimal. It's I'm very tough on that part. You know? But if he does if he does mess up, it doesn't cost that much to to apply. It's really cheap. You know, it's not very expensive product. And the uh, the money you make off of it is crazy. 
crazy. And I got a question for you. What do you have to do anything special for like after you code it and you load it on your truck to take to the job site? Do you have to do anything special for transportation? Like, I mean, I'm guessing you can't like a cork button's not going to stick to it. But do you put like paper? Yeah. Do you put like paper in between the panels or do you just put panel to panel and there's no issue? Well, well, the cork is always on the opposite side of the glass, so where it does stick. And then we just, we always, I, I tell my guy, never butt glass the glass. It's not good for it. It's, it's uh, yeah. Bad idea. You have to put, bad idea. it's a bad idea. Yeah. It is a bad idea. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, because one time, you know, one time it happened, we did, they did that. They did glass to glass, and we put a, I had to put the brake on real quick, and guess what? <laughs> what well, yeah, of my truck. that's what I mean. Like, if you have more than two panels, right? Your your first panel is going to be diamond seal to the rack, your buttons, mm-hmm. and then your next panel is going to be diamond seal out. Yeah. What do you do yeah. with the? What do you do in between the second and third panel? I guess flip the glass around. Make sure they're the same side, like there. Make sure that all the diamond seals face in the same direction. Same direction. Okay. Yeah, and it, it doesn't and, ruin and it. it. We. It doesn't scuff it up. You don't get any scuff marks mm-hmm. or anything. No, because okay. once you seal, once you seal it and bond with the glass, that's it. There's nothing. You, you, you can't even hurt it. Brian, do you have an outside rack in your truck? I have an inside and an outside rack. Yeah. So we put them on the inside, and, and I buy these four by eight sheets of cardboard, corrugated cardboard, mm-hmm. that we put between every single panel. That's okay. what we do. No matter what. Okay. So then it doesn't really matter and it protects it. Yeah. I saw and, that. And how, how would that be? Sorry. What's that, Brian? I was going to say, how would that, how would the diamond seal hold up on an outside rack, uh, you know, from road debris and stuff? Would it, I mean, would that affect the, the surface? I would imagine. Well, it's, I mean, if, right. If, if stones come up and chip it, yeah, it affects it because it goes deep into the glass at that point. But it just sand and stuff. No, I, I don't know really. All of our racks are inside. They're all you know. We have the vans, so we carry everything inside. So okay. anybody who has an outside rack, like Adrian, might be able to answer that question better. I've never had a, any rocks come up and hit my trucks. You know, my glass. Yeah, your I mean, truck driving on the beach, Brian. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> huh? No, your oh, trucks are the ones I, that throw rocks. Yeah, hell yeah i have a sign that says stay away stay back <laughs> Those are no glass. it's broken yeah. glass yeah i, I can't hey. i can't get myself i can't get myself to buy a van I, I i'm old school man i like my my outside rack i like my truck just yeah. that's what i grew up with so you know well, when you're a full on when you're a full on glazer, man, that's you're used to that old old school way. You know, what, scares all, me, no, what scares me is when you said you hit your brakes and the glass goes flying. Don't you scrap? We use poles and it scrap. It doesn't happen anymore. It's only happened once. It doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, you learn your lesson. I check, I check my tie downs. Like after my guy ties it down, I go back behind him. I check his tie downs. He checks mine. I check his. That's before we leave the shop. That's how it should be. So are you roping it? No, I have stakes. No, I know, but to tie down, what are you tying with? My stakes. I don't have rope. So that's all mm-hmm. you're doing is holding with stakes. Mm-hmm. Once you have the buttons on there and you put the glass on there, it's not gonna go nowhere. It's it's on there. If you hit the brakes really hard, they go flying. <laughs> no, no. Trust me, I got a lot of people around here that don't know how to drive. I put my brakes on all the time. It's it's safe. 
So we strap it also. Stake in front. Yeah. yeah. I put a stake in front of my front piece of glass. Yeah. And so if I hit the brakes, although the one time I didn't do that, I had a problem. But yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, anyway, now the truth uh, comes out. Uh, yeah, it was a fun day. Uh, so you, but your racks are open ended. You don't have a, a stopper on the front. I do on the oh, my bottom mm-hmm. of the front, but uh, the glass in that particular case was mid rack. It wouldn't have helped anyway. Uh, oh. But yeah, no, I uh, I put a my first stake if I've got room uh, and not too much glass. I put the first stake in front of the first piece of glass, and so if I do slam on the brakes, it's going to uh, move up against the the first stake. So it's, it, then it doesn't move because I've got it up against the state. Right, right. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. You, she had stopper. you were trying to say something. Is it still relevant? Yeah. So I was going to point out that the, as we're talking about all this breaking and tying and all, um, I was going to point out that the Diamond Fusion guy especially talked about using it in exteriors. And um, Diamond Seal does too, where they're, they'll advertise that they'll put it on windows and exteriors and all of that. So if it can be applied to a you know window and go through everything that it goes through day after day, it can handle a trip on your truck. Oh, yeah. And that's something I tell people when I'm selling it too. How much will this hold up? Well, I mean, it holds up on the outsides of buildings so you know if your shower is you know applying less pressure than you know than a thunderstorm then then you're good so nice good point, that's a good point yeah yeah hey chris this is a non-technical question i guess a little 180 from what we're talking about but i was curious as to if if people would comment on how they might incentivize technicians and um you know, you might call it bonus systems or, or, and whatnot. And I know there's just various ways. We're a full service shop. We don't just do shower doors. And um, I've always struggled with an incentive system. And on the other, and in, 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 in addition to that, what? Oh, Hold on a minute here. You, you muted, Mike. You got muted, oh, Mike. Stand by. There you okay, go. There you go. Okay. Did you guys hear any of that? <laughs> no, just the first part. Start over. I I said this is a 180 from what we've been talking about, but I was wondering if people could comment or you know just chat about maybe some various incentive systems for their technicians. Um, I've always struggled with that. We're a diverse shop. We don't just do shower doors, but um, I you know prior to my uh, owning a business I was a a salesman and so you know incentives inspired me and so I just was wondering some of the ways that you all might do that you know one of the challenges we have and I think it's in a lot of places is a limited labor pool especially here I can't seem to find anybody even though I think we provide some pretty good benefits but so with that said you know I'm just curious as to how because you always have the you, you you know obviously everybody wants to be rewarded and you have to set those, I guess, parameters, but then on the flip side, they go out and with four shower doors and they come back and two didn't go because they chipped one or they forgot something. Just kind of curious and have the discussion on how you all address 
those type of systems or bonuses or incentives? I can help you there because I've been through the same thing. Um, depends how much time you have to keep track of everything, of course, mm -hmm. because you can set up a metric on completed jobs. You can give them, a, you know, if you can uh, complete 95% of your jobs over a given month, or can you sell an additional door while you're at the house? Many times you sell one and they may say, hey, what are you doing in the, uh, in the guest room? So you can bonus them that way. The other thing is, Mike, how many times do they call out on you and put you in a jam? So you say you go uh, three weeks or four weeks without a call out. You can incentivize them there. And we also do rewards for them bringing in you in help. Some of the best help we get are friends of the existing employees. Mm -hmm. So we give them $250 if they get somebody that stays more than 90 days. We pay them 50 for bringing the guy in and getting hired. And the other 200 after 90 days when they stay with the company. That's a, a good way of getting new employees. They'll tell their friends and it helps them. Those are great ideas. We, we also use a performance scorecard for bonus monthly bonuses where we have like four or five categories that we track. So it's revenue on the truck. So they have to do a certain amount of revenue. Um, if they have go backs, if the go back is on them, um, and it ends up being a hundred percent score. So whatever they get, if they get 40%, they get 40% of that allotted bonus every month, um, whatever they score. So it's like calling time management, calling out, uh, late, um, reviews, uh, revenue, go back, stuff like that. Um, and we built it out in the scorecard. Another way you can do it is a performance pay thing. If you, if you bid your jobs by hours, you can, if a guy, if, if you bid a job for three hours and they do it in an hour, um, they get paid for three hours. Um, and you can do it that way. If you can track it that way, kind of like the auto, uh, like auto shops do yeah. it that way. It's like flag so, hours or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Mike, you got to look at your pain points. What are the ones you really need to fix? Now you mentioned not being able to get help, but maybe there's a few other pain points. And then you look at that and how can you get rid of those pains? by incenting up, incentivizing other people. Mm -hmm. So like Brandon says, you get a scorecard of the go backs, that's a big deal, or just plain incompletes. They chip the glass, that's an incomplete. Now, it's funny, we're just talking about chipping glass. If you had a panel that was not out of square and you can flip it to put the chip towards the wall because you know you're gonna caulk it, it would cause you to have to put the coating on the other side of the glass if you're only doing one. So you need to have the coating stuff in your car so you or in your truck so you can apply it in the job, in the field. So if guys are coating it in the shop and they have to know what side the glass is on, let's say you have a miter, it's obvious that it goes on the inside. But if you were doing a spray panel and you do one side, well, you got the possibility of flipping the glass out in the field if you don't care about where the tempering bug is. Right. You know, that's interesting. And I'm sure it's a lot of people's frustration when you have a limited labor pool, you know, you put up with things that you would ne normally not put up with just to just to survive. And 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 I, I despise that. that. That drives me crazy. And and I'm not a. Uh, you know, it's like they've got me over the barrel. I've got a pretty solid crew, but but 
it's like spinning, you know, I, I probably said this before the analogy I use is like spinning plates. You know, you get five plates, that first one you get going by the time you get down to the other one, the other, the first one's wobbling again. And that's what I struggle with. And that's probably something that's normal in everybody's business. But I, I've, I've, like I said, because we're, we're diverse, you know, you're doing mirrors one day, you're doing shelving, you're doing shower doors and trying to set up this incentive. But I love these ideas about a scorecard and trying to, I guess, identify using your word, Bill, pain points. Um, I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, but no, that's valuable info. Um, I mean, what's the most important thing to you? Is it the, the go backs, the incompletes, the guys that call out, maybe all three of them? Yeah. Or is it, do you want to incentivize them on getting you Google reviews? Or mm -hmm. there's a whole slew of things that you can bonus them on. And you don't necessarily have to bonus them with money. You can bonus them with going out to dinner tickets, uh, tickets to a sports event, uh, movies. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a whole bunch of things you can incentivize them with that don't cost you a heck of a lot of money. Yeah. I appreciate the input. Yeah. So Bill and Brandon, um, maybe you guys could add on. Um, I'm curious how you went about looking at the unintended consequences. So there's the possibility that you incentivize based on getting it done quicker than expected. But the next thing you know, they're half-assing it and they're not, you know, doing the complete job or you're incentivizing on, um, you know, 100% complete when really they should have responded to whatever the scratch or something. So I'm always worried about mm. the other side of the corn when you're setting those things up. That's why yeah, I incentivized on things that um, kind of were in the favor of the installer as well. So that way it was just revenue. So, and it's a revenue number that they can easily hit. So they would get that. But our biggest, our biggest score on the scorecard that we have is showing, um, showing up on time and no calling out. Mm. that's the biggest score because that's our number one pain point so mm. that so that's our largest score right there and then it goes down like google reviews are like 10 percent or whatever and the revenue thing is like the second biggest and stuff like that so we kind of made it pretty simple like really if if you show up and do your job to 100 you're going to get bonused every month like it's pretty simple nice. so yeah and, and shannon there's so many other factors like don't forget our salespeople get incentivized also but if they measure wrong, that's not the installer's fault. They go out there with a panel of glass and that counts as an incomplete. We don't count that against the installer. I'm Obviously, he can't get that job done. But that goes against the salesperson. Mm -hmm. So that, that comes off of their bonus. Mm -hmm. You know, they get a bonus for sales, but what good is it if they're selling you 50 jobs that are measured wrong? Mm -hmm. that, that goes against them, right? Mm -hmm. So anytime you give them something, you have to have... They have to understand that it's being done for the good of the business. Everybody, it's a, it's a team game. So they have to share in the subtraction as much as they share in the addition of it. Correct? It affects everybody. A sales guy that does a bad job hurts everybody. Mm. Hurts the owners and it hurts the installers. How do you we, guys establish a monetary level, you know, for the bonus? Like what, if it's, I know if we're, not, if we're talking about money, not some of the other things, you know, throw, I mean, give me some idea, the scale of, of a bonus. Uh, I don't know what you pay. I don't know what you pay your guys. So it could be based on a percentage of their pay or just mm -hmm. flat numbers. I mean, it could get a, you know, it, it, let, 
let's say five Google reviews, good Google reviews, you could give them 20 bucks. You know, I mean, if the guy's doing 50 jobs a month or 70 jobs a month, that could add up to a lot of money. Oh, yeah. But it helps, it helps the company too. Mm -hmm. Don't forget a happy customer that does that is probably going to give you repeat business or tell their neighbors about you. So, I mean, just take it out of your advertising budget and give it to those guys. If they do a good job, they're your best advertisers. Word of mouth has always been the best. We found that a long time ago. You tip, dip into your advertising budget and bonus the guys with it. You'll find that happy, happy employees make happy customers. Mm -hmm. And that gets people knocking on your door that want to work for you when the word gets out that you're that kind of an employer. So that helps you get more people. We give about $6,000 a year per installer is allocated um, for a bonus. So it's like $500 a month that they can get extra. Yeah. It, it, but it all depends on what their base is, right? No. If the guy, no, no. If the guy's making 50 grand a year and he gets 6,000, you know, it's not bad. The guy's making a hundred grand a year and he gets 6,000. Yeah. It's not as important to that guy. Right. Correct. Right. So Mike, you have to see, you know, what is a number that's really going to tune these guys in to work for that bonus? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to be up to you. You know what your job market yeah. is. Yeah. Well, I think I pay really well for our area. I think, you know, and in, in the, in the, in the fringe benefits are excellent as well. Um, I, I, you know, like, I guess maybe I'm having a, a, a frustrating week because of some of the things that have happened, you know, but I feel like I, I, I feel like I treat them well. And then you go through these periods where oh, we didn't get that third door in today. We just ran out of time or, you know, we just little things like that, that piss me yeah. off, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To be blunt about it when they're getting the ones getting bits me, the company is getting bit. There's no yeah. repercussion. I've never been one of these guys uh, that raises a lot of hell with them, you know, because like I said, there's just all, there's a limited labor pool out here. Uh, I don't like, um, I don't like uh, being in that position, if you will. Um, and so I love the idea of well-pay. My wife uses that with her employees. You know, the, what she calls it well paid, you know, the uh, incentivizing for coming to work versus calling off. Uh, I mean, these are a lot of good ideas. I just, as I said, I was just curious as to how you all handle that. Another good thing is to do PPFs, personal, professional and financial goals with all your employees to know, to know what makes them tick as well, because a lot of employees, it just isn't about the money. Um, so yeah. you got to kind of understand your employees and then it kind of help you build out something for those employees incentives that way. That's a good point. Brandon, I listened to your podcast in New Jersey and look at how important it was where the guy said, hey, what are the new jackets you're getting this year or the hats? Right. Some of right. the guys, I mean, that's a big deal to them. It really is. Yeah. And they're proud to wear it. Mm -hmm. And you would think, Mike, that money is a big deal, but to them, they really mm -hmm. want to wear that company jacket or the hat or whatever it is that makes them tick. Yeah. And I don't know if you do the HR for your company or you have an HR person, but they really need to get down and, and understand what makes them tick. What do they really like? Yeah. Do, Brandon, do you meet, I guess, individually with each one of those, your folks and have that conversation? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. we um we pull them aside and we have uh, a sheet built out for their those goals, and we do a year goal, a three year goal, and a five year goal. So that way, when something happens and they're failing, we can bring it up to them and be like, look, like, I'm just trying to help you get to your goal. We want to see you ex- succeed as well as the company succeeds. So we're here looking at your best interest. But when you're showing up late every single day, you're not going to be able to get to the goals that you told us about that you're trying to get to. So mm-hmm. it kind of helps back that. And it just you kind of understand the employee a little bit more. That's outstanding idea. Mm-hmm. And the one guy that didn't listen to Brandon, you know, and gave him a hard time, that's his poster right behind Brandon. (laughs) He took a picture of him just to show you the guys that don't go along with the plan. That guy. It's that guy. Yeah. Good stuff, guys. Keep it going. There's so many, so many good things. You know, if you ever work the job, and I, I worked many of them. Even if you get paid well, every week when you get your paycheck, it's like, okay, it's the same paycheck. It's the same paycheck. So you got to give them some way of being able to, when they, Christmas time's coming and they need more money. So give them an opportunity to make as much as they need. But if they don't do what you need them to do, then they're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. But at least they're looking at a, a possibility of increasing their own paycheck and let them know they're in control of that. Your job is to grow the company and give them opportunities to succeed. Their job is to perform the functions given to them to make you succeed, but they'll get reimbursed for that. And it's a win-win for both. So you've got to make them look at it like, come on, let's do this together. Sounds like you have a problem with this. Let's come up with a solution together. Uh, you know, you're, you're not coming in as often. So how about if I bonus you for coming in? That'll give you an opportunity to make more money. Mm-hmm. Again, look at those pain points. And, and it may not have to be a bonus. It may be, uh, hey, you work this Saturday for me. You work this Saturday, get me out of a bind. I'll give you a week from Wednesday off or something like that. Sometimes it's just having that flexibility to go to see their kid's soccer game on a different day or go to right. school without hurting you say, Hey, how would you like to go see to a soccer game, but just come in and work Saturday and knock that out. And I don't know what your state laws are. Ours is you pay overtime if they work more than 40 hours. Yeah. That's what I got. When I was in Massachusetts is if they worked over eight hours in a day. So the guy calls off on a Friday, but he worked 10 hours on Monday. You got to pay him for the two hours overtime on Monday, different in Florida and different in a lot of other States. Yeah. Yeah, I really like what Brandon was saying about uh, just, you know, meeting with with employees one on one, finding out, you know, what their goals are, what what it is they're trying to get out of the deal. And then um, when it's time to have that talk, be able to say, hey, I know that this is your goal. Um, We're trying to help you reach your goal. I mean, that's that's just a brilliant way to approach it. Because really, you are, you know, I mean, you you want the people working with you to, to be happy and successful in their own mind. I mean, because we all, we all gauge success differently, right? I mean, we have a lot in common about the way we see it, but, but there's a lot of diversity too, you know, and um, so yeah, it might be being at that soccer game, you know, uh, to, to one person that might be how they 
um, mark success. It's like, hey, I'm able to be there for my kid. You know, I'm yeah. able to spend time with my kids. You know, that's that's the whole reason I'm working. You know, it's interesting because uh, everybody will tell you that, well, I'm motivated by money. That doesn't always play out for one. And for another, uh, there's a lot of other things that people are motivated by. The jacket was a great idea. Uh, and I've, I've heard that before. Some people are just simply motivated like, oh, you know what? I'm getting that jacket. This is just like a, a one, one jacket per year per person. Uh, you know, only one person gets it a, a year and that's our star player, whatever. I'm getting the jacket this year, right? And so they, they will work harder. They make a little bit of a joke out of it maybe. Uh, and kind of rib each other, but they're really taking it serious. You know, even though they kind of play it off like they're not, they want that jacket. Yeah. And one of the other things we found worked really good, Mike, is we had a scoreboard up on the wall at the shop and you can put your goals up on the wall that all your team members see every day when they come in, like uh, job performance. You take Brandon's chart and you turn around and say, okay, this guy did all of his jobs yesterday. He got five for five or whatever. So let's say for the week, each guy has uh, 20 jobs to do for a week. What is your percentage rate? The guy that gets the most completed without callbacks uh, wins this week's prize. And it could be, you know, an Amazon gift card for 50 bucks. Mm -hmm. Well, isn't it worth it for 50 bucks for you to reward somebody to get 20 jobs in? Uh, absolutely. And I, and I love that idea. Um, I like the visual aspect of it too, because I think that may be, I mean, if there's any competitiveness in anybody, they're going to see that and, and, and that might get their juices, their juices flowing. I love that. Um, I love that idea. Put the board up there in front of everybody. If you have a huddle in the morning with your team say, okay, guys, this is what we got. Uh, and we talked about this other thing a few weeks ago, you said about the guy not getting the third door. And at the end of the day, well, did you track his time? Did he come in on time in the morning? Did they go to the gas station and wait a half hour to get gas and coffee and donuts before they got to the first job? We had that terrible problem. So now I do not allow them to go to the gas station in the morning. They fill up on their way back at the end of the day. That way they're coming back at random times and six guys aren't at the gas pump at mm -hmm. nine in the morning, filling their trucks and going late to the customer's house. Mm -hmm. You just, you do it opposite. So the first thing they do is they get in their trucks and they go to that first customer's house. You get, it's like making your bed in the morning. You're getting off on the, on the right start. You get that completed and you move on. You'll mm -hmm. find you're going to get more doors in. The goal is, the goal is to get as many wins as possible, as fast as you can first thing in the morning to, you know, to keep going. Hey, we all have a goal to make as much money as you can in our short lifespan. The one thing you can't get is more time. You can make more money. You can do this. The only way you buy time is get more help to do more work in that same amount of time. Time is a big factor that you can't get back. So true. So true. And, you know, and a big factor, too, that I think is kind of interwoven through this whole thing is um, it's just community. Um, you know, and, and people talk about like culture, you know, um, and, and uh at the shop or whatever. Um, there's a real human need for like that belonging, right? Uh, that's super important and totally missing in our culture. 
It's like yeah. we don't have we don't have tribes anymore. We don't have you know um, groups that we belong to really anymore. Uh, in school, you've got it right because you know you're on this team or that team. You're in this group. You identify whatever and. Uh, but you get out of school and and uh, you get into the real world and it's you, it's hard to feel belonging anywhere. And work is an excellent place to foster that. And if you can create that and the place where you, your place of employment, um, you're meeting a really fundamental need that people have. And it's just not it's not just comp- competing against each other. Um, it's the that kind of underlying um you know relationship uh, especially guys you know guys are are funny that way guys are really um they relate different <laughs> they're they're weird you know they they like uh mess with each other you know joke with each other give each other a hard time and it's you know because you know if you're a tough guy you know like not like one of those sissy guys there's none of those guys on this call but, you know, it's like, you know, guys, masculine guys who do guy stuff, you know, they like, you know, you're not just going to walk up to your friend and give him a big hug and tell him you love him, man. You're going to like punch him in the arm or whatever, you know, because that's how you communicate that, you know. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think work provides a huge opportunity for that. And if you're smart, you're going to engineer that into your um, into your workplace. Mike, I thought of another incentive too, but I don't know if your insurance allows it, but there was a time that if a guy did really good, would let him take the truck home for a week. Mm-hmm. So he didn't have to drive his car into work. And, he, and basically it's on the company thing, but we'd let him take the truck home. Now, some guys don't have a place to park it safely if they live in an apartment or this and that. So it depends on your crew, but there's other ways of incentivizing them. You can be creative and get there. I take um, credit card points always and buy a stack of gift cards all the time that we hand out just randomly. It's like nothing yes. all unexpected. You know, if you do good, it goes to random people and just give out gift cards all the time. But it's just so easy with your credit card points just to buy a whole bunch of gift cards. Yeah, we started this program. I know it sounds stupid, but it's called Dobman Dollars. And the guys go around and we see them picking up trash and nobody's around. You see them picking them up. You just bonus them that. And we have this whole chart and you can get a company shirt for, you know, five of them. Or you can get you can go to a a hockey game because we have season tickets at a local hockey game. You want to take your family to hockey game and you need 20 of them. And the guys can share them with each other if they want that that builds camaraderie. You know, they do something special. They pick up a service call, an extra service call you on the way back from a job, saves you having to schedule it, saves you having an upset customer. You can bonus them with Mm -hmm. that and let them save up those dollars. You can call them, you know, you can call it Michael money or Maslon money. (laughs) And and it's it's paper money, but you control it and you give Mm -hmm. it to them and you bonus them for doing stuff. They washed their truck. They vacuumed it out without you telling them, you know, they emptied their bucket or something, something you want to reward them for. Customer called and said, oh, he left the job cleaner than when he started. That's a big deal to him. So bonus him that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I the good that, old days where you just work for your paycheck. That's it. <laughs> yeah, those days have gone. Because they're doing too much. Maybe yeah, they just work for their money. You can't scale a company if you just expect people just to work for their paycheck. No, no. Don't forget you're scaling your company because they're doing the work. 
You have to coordinate it, management, and incentivize it. Like I said, I, I was grown up in a different era, so I guess it's different. Uh, Way different era. I was, different era. I was in an era before yours. <laughs> I started in 1997, I think. Long yeah. time. Long time. 86. Yeah, here. I'm pretty sure that Bill was about, about before that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, given this conversation and, and these valuable points, I think the biggest takeaway, just I'm just talking for me, is is this tracking and documenting and, and analyzing all these things that you guys are bringing up. You know, in, in some form or another, I've done a lot of these things, you know, letting you take the car home, the I'll buy you dinner, I'll buy you lunch, you know, um, I, but it's never been... I guess, formalized and kind of laid out and, and tied to a tracking, you know, we didn't, I didn't track it. You know, um, I saw two guys like for today, we're doing a small storefront job. In my estimate, I thought this thing would be good day and a half. Okay. I stopped by around one o'clock cause I was in the neighborhood, you know, they had the job 95% complete. They were going to get it done today. I bought lunch, but it's, it's not, I guess, formalized or laid out in a way that it's understood by them that, hey, if I do this and I'm consistent at doing this, this is a real win for me. Uh, it's, it's more, I guess, not formalized, uh, for lack of a better way of saying it. So Yeah, but keep in mind what, is what's jumping out at me. Uh, just keep in mind what Shannon said, Mike. Don't let them start cutting corners to get those bonuses. Yeah. And that's where you have to manage it. I want to mention, too, that um, we keep talking about installers and they're the easiest ones to kind of, you know, get our hands around. But don't forget the office staff and, you know, we've got fabricators. And so it's really easy to say great job, sales guy, great job, installers. Um, but then we'll we'll have our office staff, you know, we'll have someone come along and say, do you know how many calls we got yesterday? We got more calls than, you know, than we have in, you know, the last five days put together. It was a madhouse. And, you know, and your staff are telling you, notice me, look at me, recognize what I'm doing. And so finding some way to, and maybe it's not even a bonus structure, but just kind of finding a way to, you know, say, you know, you're winning. Here's what winning looks like. Here's what, you know, being being above and beyond or, you know, what, what your norm is and going above the norm looks like and doing that for every job is really important too. Great, great point, Shannon. We, same thing there. Uh, especially, I know this when I was up north and I had snowstorms, you had to cancel and that customer service person's calling them. Now we're having it with hurricanes coming in. You got to schedule, reschedule, get them back on there. Or on your everyday job, a builder had the painters in there and you can't do a five-bathroom five house because the painters showed up. And now it's on them to reschedule. It affects everybody. Those schedulers are really important. Now, it used to be me or probably was you at one point, but now we've got people to do that. But we have to remember they're as important as anybody else. It is the most thankless job in the entire company. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We rotate yeah. people out of that job. I mean, we hire people. They, they like use that as it, as one of our stepping stones, but it, because 
it it can really get to you after a while. It's hard to stay in that position. Really, Donna used to that. do that, and I think we went through three or four different sets of telephones from being slammed. It was just <laughs> it irritating. You know, she would press down the thing with this hand and then follow it up with this hand. <laughs> Actually, it's an art form too. It's not, you know, scheduling for <laughs> yeah. somebody to come into the office, no big deal. That's just time, time, time. Yeah. But when you're scheduling somebody to go out, uh, you know, every job is different and it might take longer than you expected and blah, blah, blah. Uh, oh, yeah. So scheduling is definitely an art form and people that are really good at it, uh, they, don't, they don't know what they do to be good at it necessarily but they just they're just good at it they're really good they're also the ones that get the screaming if the guy's 10 minutes late and he didn't call him on the yeah. way or you know traffic jam on the highway and they can't even get there and no one's contacted them they're the ones feeling that same call they have to have the right yeah. personality and the right way of calming them down it's a really important job yeah, they're you know, maybe line, this for sure. maybe the scheduler should get all of the lost bonuses from the other ways. <laughs> <laughs> you get sixty percent, and the scheduler gets the forty percent that you didn't go to because they earned that one. <laughs> yeah, because they're the ones that had to call or reschedule your job to go back. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's a good so one, Shane. I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, things you don't really think about every day, but yeah, you know. I would say the biggest thing, Mike, like KPIs, tracking your KPIs, like what are important because it goes along with everything, knowing your KPIs, because you're not able to, you know, get to the source of what's working and what's not working without having KPIs. So Tell whether what KPI like a, is again, what uh, key performance indicator. Okay. So whether it's like, um, you're given a review for someone because a lot of people give reviews sometimes, right? But nothing's ever really written down. It's just kind of what you've gone off of the last six months or a year of that employee. So if you actually have KPIs and you're tracking metrics on what they're doing and what they're not doing and what they're good at and all that, then you actually have something when you can go do a performance review and you have all that information right there in front of you and you can you can bring it out. Mm -hmm. Great, yeah, great advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're going to do metrics, you got to have something to follow, right? You got to set a standard and then go off the standard. I mean, our guys have got it set up with matrices for every type of door possible, from a spray panel to a five piece custom with a transom, whether it's a high rise or not a high rise, whether they got to park a quarter mile away or, you know, you can park right up next to the door. How many flights of stairs you got to carry it? They, the salesman feeds that to our scheduler in advance so that they know how much time to book the guy so that they're going to get three jobs a day in or four jobs a day. There are so many things involved. You need two crews to lift it a big panel up on a half wall. It, you know, it's a nightmare. Do you need to bring ladders or extra height ladders? It's all these details that the salesman has to be taught bathroom awareness. You know, can that big panel even fit in the doorway? Did you measure that? Can it fit in the elevator to get upstairs? Uh, are you working in a high rise that you have to be out by three o'clock? There, there's so many of these rules. It's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah. And as you're growing, you're going to hit all that. 
you're going to get it. So here's another question. And it's not so much on bonuses, but uh, I know a lot of you are just do, you know, heavy glass stuff. You don't fool around with the framed or semi-frameless doors. But I know this has happened to you. I was in a house today, five, five, five enclosures, five showers, four all frameless heavy glass. But you walk into one and there's the tub. Now we just want a little framed or, you know, a, a semi-frameless uh, bypass. I mean, obviously I'm going to do something. I, I've got, you know, uh, relationships with vendors that are going to do something for me. But for you, I guess, for lack of a better word, for the purists among us, how do you all handle that? Do you do those doors? Or you, you Certainly you don't give that to somebody else, do you? I mean, you well, find a way to do a bypass, for instance? We do quarter inch. We do quarter inch bypasses all the time. I mean, they're yeah. just, yeah. I mean, we just, we got a, $75,000 job that's just quarter inch bypasses that just gives us a walk in the park. Like you can send yeah. a low tier guy to go knock all those out. So um, we'll do those. We don't do too many semi-frameless swing doors. We don't really do any of those, but we'll do mm -hmm. semi-frameless bypasses. Yeah. Just yeah. We might charge a little bit more. Yeah, you don't want to give them to somebody else, Mike. Of course you want. No, no, no. I, I and I won't believe me, but I on this call over the year, you know, the, the last couple of years, um, I know we've talked about do we do we do any of those type of doors? And as a rule, you you try not to. But I'm not walking out of a five enclosure house and telling them like I can only do four. You know, I just I got curious. a five enclosure house. I'm giving them <laughs> the tub door, but it's a three eight slider. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah. For that size, it's well worth it. You're not going to walk it out. You're not going to give it to somebody else. No. You're going to get a good Google review or you're going to get a, a reference for another job or something. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you, but. Yeah. Nice. Help me out here. Well, come on over and do my five bathrooms. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, if you're looking to fill time, I had an interesting story that happened today that would oh, help every, perfect. every business owner. Oh, thank God. This is one of my one of my favorite things to do. So one of our store guys got a subpoena in the mail, or not in the mail, got delivered to him yesterday. And it was from an attorney looking for information. And we were not part of this suit. There was a claim between a contractor and their homeowner. And we did work directly for the homeowner. The contractor was not even part of our deal. But the lawyer was looking for information about work that we did in the house. And he got a, a court order. So the letter comes, you are commanded to do this. Now, that's, that's a formality that they teach in legal school. But anyhow, the point is, they're looking for all documentation, pictures, phone calls, text, voicemails. I mean, there's a whole laundry list of things that they want, and I've got 10 days to comply. Huh. So I looked at this and I said, okay, guys, I'm handling this. Step away. This is, this is right up my alley. So I quickly contacted the attorney. I says, look, Ed, I, I'm willing to help you. So give me an idea of what, what you're looking for, and I'm going to craft you an email and send it right back to you. So the guy's all happy that I responded. He told me what he wanted. So Half hour later, I email him back and I says, thank you for taking my call. Your information has helped me a lot. Based on the information that you're requesting, 
I'm the only one in the company that's going to be able to retrieve historical data from the archives. Uh, I have authorization to the phone logs to get you that and to get all the video that you video or pictures that you're looking for. But because I'm president of the company, my time's valuable. So I, char I charge myself out of 250 an hour. I'm guessing for the amount of work that you need, it's going to take me about four hours. So if you can send me a check for a thousand bucks to this address, I will be happy to supply that to you. Just go ahead and authorize this email. 90% of the time, they don't even respond like, oh, it's not important anymore. So that's great. This guy responded at four o'clock. Okay, I'll be sending the check out tomorrow. <laughs> So good. he did preface and say, um, the, the law is that you have to, that we will reimburse you for reasonable costs. Well, that word reasonable is defined by who, right? And all I said is no different than you would charge your client. So if your fees to your client are reasonable and you're charging them 300 an hour or 400 an hour, then 250 is probably less than reasonable. Maybe I should be increasing my rate. But as a business owner, all I'm saying is don't get bullied by these guys. You have every right to charge for your time and your effort to give them what they want so that they can win a case. So don't, don't be shy. And yeah, it'll because be after all, they're making money that, on it. It, and it's funny how many times they will say, well, it's not all that necessary. So they're going to make you jump through all sorts of hoops for something that's not really even necessary. I think I just stigma, was good information. I, stigma, for huh? I was going to say, I was going to say, I think the stigma when people deal with lawyers, they put these lawyers on pedestals and they think they're more important and they are more powerful than you are, but they're just another person just like you. They just went to school to be a lawyer. So um, yeah. they're just the same. That, you know, just being armed with the information is very powerful. And a lot of people won't question it. They'll go say, oh, I don't want the lawyer after me. Here you go. And they'll spend three hours getting all these things that they usually don't even use. So mm -hmm. I'll say, okay, I'll do it, but you're going to pay for it. And, you know, let somebody can say that my fee is not reasonable. Because the first thing I'm going to say is, what's your fee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. It is, and it's true, and you can do it, and it's legal. I just very, very. Shannon just asked in the chat, "Who's all going to the glass show?" Mike, you're going. Yeah. Yeah, Brian. I can't, but Keith and Bryce will be there. I'm in. I'm not going to make it. It's just two hours for me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Christina said she was going because it's right there in Atlanta. Yeah. I think she said that a few weeks ago, her and her dad. What about you, Shannon? Yep, I'll be there. Cool. Chris? I'm probably not going to make it this year. I mean, it's... West it's Coast represent! Right. I mean, it's possible. It could happen. I'm not counting it out. Brandon's not man down. I'm not going to make it. I got other things and spending Halloween with my kids. Maybe you should incentivize Chris, Brandon. 
<laughs> Maybe if he shows up to work four days. <laughs> Tim, Tim, West Coast? No. Adrian? Adrian's gone. You know, Adrian. I'm here, but no, I'm not going. <laughs> they were all yeah. last year in Vegas. So if any of you guys are going there and you're looking for uh, you know, credit card processors, we just changed the one called BizDog. I think it's called. Her name's Jennifer, and she'll be there. And they could, they gave us a pretty good deal. Really? On pressing really? credit cards. Even better than the last one we had. Are you taking Zelle or or Venmo or any of those? No, I haven't got into that. Because there's no fees on any of that. No, but they dropped our rate down quite a bit. Even gave us a new machine and set it up so we can go online on the computer and do it you know, at home. Yeah, good, good. You guys take so, Venmo, Bill? Yeah, if we have to. Yeah. If we have to. It's an accounting nightmare, but yeah, we can do it. Speaking of glass shows, so I just came back from the Italy glass show. Mark that off as one of my business bucket list items. Very exciting. Um, the glass show itself was I was surprisingly small. I I you know Atlanta and Vegas are bigger. Of course, it's specialized in just manufacturers, yeah. but. Um, Heading out to Italy, taking a little vacation along with it, calling it a business trip. Definitely recommend that. Well, you didn't call it a trip. It actually was a business trip. It was a trip. Absolutely. Went out to see Mappy too. That was awesome. Got to see oh, did you factory. go down there? Yeah, yeah. It's nice. So, they have two buildings. Um. Yeah, I mean, the other one's just really small, like a little side thing, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. They took us out to one of their, or Nancy uh, stopped by one of their local um, shops that they just sold to, too. And so that was a giant plant we got to tour. So, yeah, very exciting. I'm nice. thinking Germany 2026. That's the bet. Have you ever been to that? No, no. That's that's unbelievable. Second bucket list. <laughs> That'll make Vegas look silly. It, That's what I expected out of Italy, but yeah, no. So no, Germany, Germany one is huge. Yeah, Dusseldorf is great. Awesome. Next. I got I got one more thing. I went to a house out in Pebble Beach that back in 1973 we put in a. I saw. dollars. <laughs> I know. That's all. I mean, <laughs> what a ripoff! No, that. <laughs> Yeah, what well, a rip off. <laughs> they ripped you off. <laughs> no, we, it was Agalite Bronson. And our our competitor was a stocking distributor, so we buy from him. Wow. And, and that was their, their pricing back then. It was wow. put in for 20 bucks. I think that's what it said. It was, I saw it, that. You know, that was found in one for 96 for work right. And it was still cheap. Yeah, the customer's house must have been pristine because that receipt from that long ago, it was yeah. about 50 years, was not even well, a ring. She, she had a, it was her dad's house. And he built it and he had 
potting cabinet full of every receipt. Yeah. You know, so I went back. I said, I see those. So I get a bit. That was my mother's handwriting, too. Wow. On those receipts. So. I saw yeah. that. That's even tempered. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, was <laughs> you know? it wasn't the kind with like wires in it. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. Did those, too. <laughs> Old school safety glass. Oh, yes. Yeah. Wire glass, wire man. You get, you get cut up on that stuff. <laughs> Pretty safe stuff, huh? Oh, I got I got some scars from, yeah. from cutting that stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right, not guys, real glazer until you cut wire glass. All right? Yeah. Going to watch the rest of that debate right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's get to it then. Thanks, everybody, for showing up. It's always good to see you. Thanks for all the gems of wisdom. Thank you all. Good luck. Let us know how you Sorry, do. Yeah, let us know how it goes. Have fun to show. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Good night.